Hello, this is Amy Bowen. Welcome to my show, Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew. This is episode 11, released Sunday, October 20th, 2019. I'm Amy Bowen. Thanks for joining me for Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew, the show where old movies are watched and appreciated, often alongside new ones. The main content segments on Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew were recorded by me and some nerdy friends of mine a few years ago, when we would get together regularly at people's houses to watch movies. Starting with episode 10, I'm releasing one recording every two weeks in the order they were recorded in, with exceptions made for a few segments that I've already released as podcast episodes. Today's episode focuses on a movie that I know is near and dear to the hearts of many of my podcasting friends, Big Trouble in Little China. It was one of the last movies we featured in a palooza on the late great Jack Mangan's Deadpan podcast. Paloozas were episodes filled with content inspired by and celebrating a particular piece of media that we'd all watched or read and enjoyed. Big Trouble in Little China was a movie that definitely deserved that treatment because one of our contributors and community members uses Lopan, the surname of the villain in the movie, as his username in several places on the internet. He and this movie had a huge impact on the culture of our podcasting community, so I'm particularly excited to be putting this episode out there on the internet for my podcaster friends to enjoy. This one's for you, Lopan. And for all the rest of you deadpan podcast folks, too. And anybody else who happens to be listening. If you're just joining us now, welcome and congratulations, you're getting in at or at least near the beginning of something new that I hope to keep going for a fairly good long time. The main content of this episode was recorded Sunday, April 12th, 2015, and you'll notice a few seconds in that I refer to Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew as a segment. That's because at the time, that's what I thought it was going to be. If I'd gotten off my lazy behind and edited these segments as I recorded them, they would have been segments of the Deadpan podcast. Instead, they're episodes of my own podcast. Without further ado, here's what my local movie night crew thought of Big Trouble in Little China. Hello everyone, this is Amy Bowen, a.k.a. the Deadpan Ambassador. This is episode two of the segment that I am now dubbing Movie Chat with the Movie Night Crew. A while back, some of my friends and I watched Repo Man and 2001 A Space Odyssey together, and we talked about it and recorded it afterward. I'm here again with most of that same group, plus a couple of new voices, and we're making another recording because we just watched another movie that we featured before on the Deadpan podcast, Big Trouble in Little China. Some of us grew up watching it, and some of us had never seen it before tonight. Stu is our newcomer. And he said during the movie that that it reminded him of Repo Man and Big... I mean... (laughs) Uh, Repo Man and... um, Buckaroo Bonsai. That was the one. Yeah, it it, it, it definitely did. Um, 
And I think in both of you, you have a, a vibe kind of like on The Big Sleep, the great Howard Hawks film, where the film isn't really plot-dependent, per se. It's really more of a vibe-dependent thing. This is a movie that's taking you into another universe, mm-hmm. letting you run around for a while, and letting you have a great time. Yep. I mean, I defy anyone to really formulate a plot arc of this movie. Mm. Um, I don't think there, this isn't Shakespearean. There isn't a tragedy <laughs> resolved. And there isn't order restored to the universe, per se, except the... The, uh, the princess is, is rescued. There's not another castle she has to go to. <laughs> um, but it, but that, that, this movie is about atmosphere. Carpenter mm-hmm. creates, a, creates a world, creates a paradigm that the, this character gets to run around in. And Jack kind of seamlessly transitions out of being a pedestrian truck driver into being an epic hero, back to being an, a pedestrian truck driver, kind of like the guy in Vanishing Point. It, it was a satisfying movie. I'm glad I got to watch it tonight. Thank you, Stu. That's right. Maybe we should watch Vanishing Point, because that's a good point, and I've never heard of that before. I haven't either. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, but not tonight. Next, no, no. Next, we have uh, The Fifth Element, another movie Stu hasn't seen that everyone should see. <laughs> it is a good movie. It, I agree. It's a very good movie. Yes. When I am shamed by nine-year-olds into seeing a movie, <laughs> I should probably see a movie. Uh-huh. Um, what else? Oh, we were all talking about... We all loved the writing in this movie, and Stu's absolutely right about creating a world and an atmosphere and stuff, and that is what it really has in common with Repo Man and Buckaroo Banzai. But we have to wonder, does John, did John Carpenter read the Monster Manual? Did he play Dungeons & Dragons? Because <laughs> it looks like he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, it, was, it was a lot like a D&D game. Where the, it really did. Mm-hmm. You got like the newbie coming in to the experienced players. Everyone knows what they're doing. They have their spells. They have everything trained up. He's running around with a knife he picked up somewhere. <laughs> he has no idea what's going on and just rolling with the punches and epically failing at times. And, but still having a good time and in the end I, 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 he finally rolled that 20. Yes. <laughs> he got a few of those. And what one, class would he be? Yes, I, I, what I, I, class I, I, would he be? He's a human fighter. Yeah, Jack would be going human. against dragons, and nobody told him that that was a game. Jack would be a human fighter. Uh, Wang would be a human monk. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we we got some definitely have some magic users in there. Oh, yeah. Egg oh, Yeah. I'm thinking that who's the antagonist? What's that? Lopan. I think Lopan is something of a lich uh, type character. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're right. There's there's some RPG elements in there. I would be surprised if Carpenter at least hadn't consulted with somebody about about those elements coming into this. Because I mean, you have a flat out beholder figure in this Spoiler alert! But but that's also um, asking the question of what was actually John Carpenter's influence because he's not the guy who wrote the film. If you notice, there were two other people at the beginning mm. of the movie that were listed as writers. I don't remember what their names were, but John Carpenter directed it. He likes to slap his name on movies that he didn't actually create <laughs> and then take credit for him as though he well, did. Didn't write them. Okay, okay, I can look write. it up. I can look it well, up. See who the writers like, were. like he did that with uh, Vampires um, mm-hmm. by huh? John Steakley, the movie version of that. He likes to... Oh, let's see one. I mean, he, he does great work with it, but he he puts... John yeah. Carpenter's in front of things when they're based off of other things or somebody else wrote Cuban them. Does Stanley Kubrick does that too. Yeah. Mm. A lot of dirty well, 1986 is when that movie came out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that movie is the same age as Amy and me. Uh huh. I right. feel old now. <laughs> That's me. I was like, Nick is a year older than that. Oh. What? Someone in here is two years younger than me. I thought you were younger than, than me. <laughs> <laughs> Not to name Who are we talking about? No. I'm 16. 
this thing. I'm still trying to get used to this phone. That's okay. That's uh, so any other big thoughts on the on the movie before we move on to the next? It was such an 80s movie. Uh, <laughs> it really oh, was. Yes. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. show. Oh, yeah, yes. Carpenter doing the score. Um, I could definitely sit tell this is the same guy who did the score for Halloween. Uh-huh. But yeah, the, the, the score. Yeah. Yeah, to, to put it charitably, is a little dated. <laughs> um, yeah. I would not have recognized Kim Cattrall, I'll tell you that right now. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, if that hadn't been pointed out to me, that's who it was. Gary oh, Goldman, I- David Z. Weinstein, W.B. Richter did an adaptation of it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I would always write... She- she has the same face, and she had some of the same expressions that she had in Mannequin. So you know, I I can't Mannequin. miss her. You've never seen yes, Mannequin. Yes, and, and I believe oh, I'm from Mannequin. And also, folks, just oh, to get into the, uh, the technical specs yeah. of this film, uh, the fellow who adapted the screenplay is the fellow who directed The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. That's connected. And we did it without Stu. having it in, and we did it without having to get Kevin Bacon involved. Kevin <laughs> <laughs> Bacon's always involved. <laughs> it wouldn't take long, I'm certain. Yeah. There's a reason why um. there's degrees of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Do I see. Um, the, the, fighting, the fighting scenes actually, coming from my background, I actually have some taekwondo experience. Oh, oh cool. I was in taekwondo for about a year, but it, there were parts that did look kind of staged. But there were parts that really just looked like natural flow of a sparring session, combat session to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. They, I, they did a pretty good job of mixing in the ridiculously cheesy fighting with the more yeah they realistic did a good moments. Job on that. But and I swear that that one character going inspired a garbage pail kid because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the, well, the or was, was inspired, inspired by a garbage, garbage pail kid. kid. Good point. Good point. And I, I remember somebody said, this this really should have inspired a video game. Yeah. That was yes. Jared. And that was yeah. during the uh, the uh, scene that also had the, I see your shorts is as big as mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had that. We went there. Yeah, we all did. In fact, I wrote, I wrote that exact quote down <laughs> in my notes when I was watching this for the deadpan palooza. So <laughs> it was funny that uh, Jared and I are on the same wavelength. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Buddy Backrest here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, just to um, it, it, just to make a note of this, really, that uh, the year after this movie came out is when Double Dragon came out. I mean, that that's the video game that this movie really reminded me of was Double Dragon. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm, I'm looking I up remember the, that game. Yeah, I'm looking up the, the date, and I really thought that Double Dragon would have predated the film, but it didn't. Uh, so I'm, maybe it did inspire a video game. It just didn't get the same name as the movie. Yeah. Street Fighter. Street Fighter is that same type of action. Yeah. Mm. Same sort of ish. Maybe. It's a genre. It's a genre, yeah. Yeah. That's all I have for this episode. Show notes are at ameliabowen.com. A M E L I A B O W E N. Please post a comment there to let me know what you thought of this episode. Or you may send your feedback and audio comments to amy at ameliabowen.com. Like the aforementioned Jack Mangan, I also have an open-door policy on content, and I would love to be able to feature listener content in future episodes. Next episode will be one I've really been looking forward to sharing. The Zardoz episode. Send me content between now and Friday, November 1st, 2019, if you want to be in the show. I'll talk to you then. Bye!
The theme music for Movie Chat with the Movie Night crew is Look Busy by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Show notes for this and all my other podcast episodes can be found at AmeliaBowen.com.